Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to a brand new episode of Believe in the Jaguars right here on the Believe Podcast Network. My name is Phil Smith, a.k.a. Phil the Filipino, and joining me as always is my co-host, Mr. James Johnson, the managing editor of the Jaguars Wire over on USA Today. And Jay, the improbable has happened. We are going to get into it here in just a moment. But as much as we're going to talk about the Jaguars solidifying the number one overall pick in the upcoming NFL draft, We're also going to talk about some of the mainstream media guys apparently not being okay with the fact that Trevor Lawrence is most likely on his way to Jacksonville. Yeah, man, this is the happiest I've been in quite some time in terms of recording the episode. I know I said that last week when the Jets won, but now it's actually solidified and uh, what have you. So uh, that being said, man, I can't wait to record and talk about the chain of events, um, very historic chain of events. That is if Trevor Lawrence does declare. But um, yeah, very excited to talk about the chain of events that went down this week. And uh, yeah, also address these uh, national guys who aren't too keen on um, Trevor Lawrence coming to Jacksonville. Right. Plenty to get into here in terms of that. We'll, of course, very briefly discuss the game in terms of the Jaguars and the Bears. But let's be honest, you guys didn't come here to listen to that. We want to talk about the upcoming draft, specifically Trevor Lawrence. And then, as we mentioned, some of these mainstream media guys. But before we do that, I want to remind you guys, if you are enjoying the show, please head over to Apple Podcasts. Leave a five star review as well as subscribe. We're also available on Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary and tune in. Of course, you can find us at believe.com and at believe podcast. You can tweet the show at believe and Jags pod. You can find myself at Phil the Filipino F I L I P I N O and Jay is over at sports grind underscore Don. And before we get going, we have to give a shout out to this week's sponsor. Once again, bet online, you know, Jay, the NBA and college basketball are back. The NFL and college football playoffs are right around the corner with all these sports going on. There are plenty of bets to lock in. So if you're thinking about picking the Lakers to repeat their NBA championship or someone to upset Pat Mahomes and the Chiefs, you need to go to betonline.ag. Jay, last week I talked about them taking bets currently on who the current Royal Rumble winner is going to be. I don't know if you watched Monday Night Raw this past week, but entrants are starting to announce their participation in said Royal Rumble. I'm still going with Big E, the brand new Intercontinental Champion. I would very much like to see him headline WrestleMania, much like his New Day partner Kofi Kingston did. Just a few years ago, you know, from game spreads and totals to team player and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any other place online. And there's always the online casino as well. It literally never closes. So head to betonline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. Again, that's betonline.ag and sign up today. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, Jay. So very quickly, again, as I mentioned, we are going to touch on the game because uh, believe it or not, I don't know if you guys remember, there was a football game that was played on Sunday and Jacksonville came out and looked like a team that has one win. They lost to the Chicago Bears 41 to 17. Mitchell Trubisky looked pretty serviceable at certain points. He ended the day with 24 carries. I'm sorry, 24 or 35, 
265 yards, two touchdowns, and an interception. <laughs> Jay, I think we're gonna. I, I really want you to touch on that interception for a moment because when he threw that ball up in the air, it just looked so Blake Bortles of him. And I and I remember thinking, what the hell just happened? But of course, the big story for the Chicago Bears is David Montgomery continuing to have just an incredible stretch down the back half of the field. I was uh, fortunate enough, Jay, last week to join a Chicago Bears podcast called The Bear Essentials. Shout out to those guys over there for letting me join. Had a lot of fun with them. And we talked about Dave Montgomery and just what an absolute role he's been on. I was a little disappointed we didn't get to see the two running backs face off between him and James Robinson. But, uh, you know, uh, again, I'm pretty I'm hoping that James Robinson is shut down for the year. As far as on the Jaguar side of things, Mike Lennon just continues to prove that he is not a starting quarterback in this league. 24-37, 211 yards, two touchdowns, and two interceptions. A little bit of a bright spot in terms of the running back position, though. Dare Agumbawale had 14 carries and 71 yards. And Jay, I don't know about you. I saw a little bit of burst from him here and there. I thought he looked pretty good. However, outside of that, not much else to write home about. LaVisca Chenault and DJ Chark did get a pair of touchdown catches, um, one each for those guys. So, you know, like I said, Jay, not too much to discuss when it comes to the actual game. Uh, did anything stand out for you? You know, of course, you do use this time of year to kind of look towards the future and see that guys are continuing to get better. I think you saw that at a LaVisca Chenault and a Goomba Wale. So, you know, at least we got that out of it. Yeah, man. Like you said, man, it wasn't really a lot to take from it, especially offensively. Uh, but, yeah, that's what you mainly look for at this point of the year because, again, the Jags aren't going to the playoffs and basically you're looking to basically fill in what's going to be around Trevor Lawrence or what can you keep on this team that'll be around Trevor Lawrence again. That is if he will declare and we'll talk about him more later. So that being said, though, like you said, old Goomba Wale did look good out there. And, uh, you know, he was a guy we haven't really seen a lot of because they didn't really, you know, they'll put him on the field like in the fourth quarter for a snap or two. But he had to end up starting. Of course, James Robinson had the injury, the ankle injury, which has sidelined him. And by the way, Doug Marone says there is still swelling going on with that. At least that was the case as of Monday. But that being said, uh, Ogumbawale did get the start in his place, averaged 5.1 yards a carry. Uh, of course, you know, he didn't reach the 20 carry threshold that we were hoping to uh, see out of him. Uh, and that's been the case with James Robinson at times, too. But when he did touch the ball, like you said, he looked explosive, looked like he was getting four or five yards of popping. You know, he was really one of those bright spots on the offensive side. Now, in terms of uh, the receivers, as you said, uh, DJ Chark, man, that catch was the wildest catch I've seen in quite some time from him, where he uh, toe-tapped on the sideline. Yeah, and I great catch. The- yeah, man. Uh, I forget the kid's name. I think it's uh, Vilder is uh, the, the rookie corner's name that he snagged that over. But uh, yeah, just able to snag it up over that kid and elevate over him and, and get his feet down. And, you know, that's just a glimpse of what you, you know, because we haven't seen the best out of DJ Chart this year. But that was just simply a glimpse of, you know, what he could be and what we saw last year or what he could be when he gets the adequate quarterback or, or you know, just some consistency at quarterback uh, later down the road. And, and LaVisca Chenault also showed that with the catch that he had, which he threaded uh, between the um, – it was two defenders that he got in between there on a post route. And uh, kudos to Glennon. Uh, from what I can recollect, the, the pass was pretty good as well. But 
Um, you know, those two flash with those two passes in particular. But aside from those plays that I mentioned, it wasn't really too much to write home about, as you said, when it comes to the offense. Yeah, more so, of course. Again, it was about Chicago on the offensive side. Allen Robinson, of course, making his return. 10 catches, 103 yards. He continued the trend of former Jaguar players playing very well against the team. Of course, yeah, Yannick Ngakwe just a couple weeks ago have a similar uh, similar performance. I mean, it's wild that in 2020, Jay, that we're still seeing Jimmy Graham have four catches, 69 yards, and two touchdowns. That guy's going to play forever. <laughs> Yeah, man, it, it seems like because it, it felt like he was on the downswing. And then, you know, of course, when you play a Todd Watch defense, that's a way to get uh, get yourself back right and get yourself back correct. And I actually forgot to um, answer your question about <laughs> Mitchell Trubisky. And that oh, pass. my God, that interception, dude. What the dude. hell was that? Oh, my God. As a fan that wanted to see the Jets or excuse me, the Bears win that game, that I would I think a lot of people would agree that put a little bit of fear in our hearts in terms of uh, the bad Mitch Trubisky coming back, because that was probably one of the worst throws we've seen in quite some time. Uh, Even when you include the throws that we watched the Jaguars have, that was just completely uh, made no it made no sense at all, man. Just threw it up. You basically didn't give your your team a chance to even kick the field goal at that point. And I think like it, that's, that was one of those throws when it left his hand, he knew that it wasn't going to end up well. And I mean, Joe Schobert didn't have to do much to pick that off, but really like sit there, literally wait for the ball to come for him, elevate a few feet off the ground. And that was all she wrote. So yeah, that, that, that interception was terrible. Very uh, uh, it looked very much so, like you said, like Blake Bortles. And, you know, they're coming up on a time where they might have to pay that guy. And, you know, when you see throws like that, it's like, oh, man, like what quarterbacks are making these days, man, you you got to feel like they might have to pass on keeping him around, man. Yeah, I do not envy Chicago fans, you know, especially when I was able to, like, again, uh, join join the guys over there on, on, the, on the Bears podcast. You know, I, I don't envy that decision. Um, because I would not give him uh, the money. Of course, if, for those of you who don't know, they did not pick up his fifth-year option, so he will be a free agent at the end of this year, and that's definitely not a guy I would pay, so I'm glad we're not going to be in that position. <laughs> we're not going to find ourselves in a position like that anytime soon. Um, but yeah, you know, one thing I did want to point out, you listed him as one of our winners. You just mentioned him, Joe Schobert, who really has come on in these last few weeks, and I think that's a good sign because remember early on, I think he was still getting acclimated. Of course, you have a shortened training camp. He's coming in from a new team. And, you know, Joe Schobert, I think that's a good sign that he's been able to kind of get a little bit more comfortable. And hopefully he's going to be able to kind of bring that into the new season starting next year. Yeah, man, I think it was what I think they back the last month. He's been like the Jaguars biggest source of turnovers. I mean, albeit, look, Trubisky basically gave that one to him. Uh, but at the same time, like he's been forcing fumbles, he's got a few picks, uh, so on and so forth, which is what you want, you know what I'm saying, out of a player that you paid uh, like they did pay him in free agency. So, you know, he's looking much better than he did, of course, uh, when they, you know, in the beginning of the season, which is a good thing. Uh, because, again, like he's one of these guys that's going to be around for the long term, of course. I mean, what was it, a four year deal that they gave him? So. Uh, you know, they're they're committed to him for a while, and that's what you want to see out of him. And uh, as the leader, quote unquote, or one of the leaders of the defense, you know, the play has to be there as well. 
uh, because, again, look, they're paying him a lot and, you know, guys are looking at him as an example. So it's good to see him get uh, back on the upswing and, you know, hopefully we'll see more of that against the Colts. And then, you know, that'll attriculate or uh, that'll move into next season uh, because, again, you know, they're going to need him because that defense is, you know, aside from him and Miles Jack and maybe a few others, uh, it's not a lot of star power to that defense. No, certainly needs some work. I know we didn't talk about it beforehand, Jay, but as far as game balls go, you know, I'm pretty comfortable with giving the defensive game ball to Joe Schobert and then the offensive game ball to Mike Lennon for uh, for <laughs> making sure that that number one pick didn't go anywhere, at least on our end. You know what? I'm fine with that as well. Uh, <laughs> definitely fine with that as well. I mean, I guess you could give the offensive game ball to uh, Baker Mayfield for the uh, for fumbling what, again. Yeah, for for fumbling it again. But uh, I mean, last week we did give it to Frank Gore, so I I can see we can give it to another player, another for team sure, again. for sure. Uh, he definitely helped us out there. But uh, yeah, I mean, look, man, clear cut and dry. Schobert did look like the best player on the defense aside from my eyes. Now I didn't get to see the game in its entirety, uh, but from when I did tune in, of course, I mean because I was watching the Jets game more so. Uh, and while trying to keep this game, uh, you know, on the other TV as well. But, um, yeah, when I turned on the game, it was him making all of the plays, so he definitely deserves it. And we're talking about Joe Schobert here. And as you said, man, it's definitely fine by my standard to give Mike Glennon uh, the game ball for making sure he didn't do enough to defeat the Chicago Bears. Yeah, guys. So, of course, they'll head into the Week 17 matchup with the Indianapolis Colts, of course, the only team that they have been able to beat. They uh, came in week one, beat the Colts, showed the world, hey, this team looks pretty good. And then now they've reeled off 14 straight losses. And we are now in position to draft a number one overall and possibly and hopefully take Trevor Lawrence. Again, we're just going to play the waiting game. Now, at this point, you kind of hope that he's able to get through the college football playoff, of course, without any kind of injury. You don't want to see a Tua Tungavailoa situation here with him. You hope he stays safe and healthy. And, you know, pretty much, Jay, that's going to move us into discussing that the Jaguars, of course, were able to secure the number one overall pick in April's draft because the New York Jets were victorious against those Cleveland Browns. And, uh, Jay, you know, obviously Jaguar Twitter and Jaguar social media was going absolutely nuts. Last week we were going pretty crazy, but there was still that, you know, that worry that maybe this team was going to find a way to win down the stretch or maybe the Jets would continue to or the Jets would get back to their losing ways, I would say. But lo and behold, the Jets hold on to their second straight victory. It was getting a little dicey there at the end. It looked like maybe Baker Mayfield and a depleted offense admittedly was going to try and or was going to be able to pull off the comeback, but they didn't. And, you know, Jay, we'll talk about some of the criticism here in just a moment. But, you know, how do you feel? You know, you you, you wake up Monday morning and you realize, holy crap, the Jags are going to be in position to draft what a lot of people are deeming the next Andrew Luck. Yeah, man, it's it's hard to grasp, man. And it's sometimes you, you feel like it's not real. You got to pinch yourself because the Jacksonville Jaguars have been going through the situation at quarterback for as long as we can remember. I mean, I think like the only guy you could really classify if you want to even do that as a franchise quarterback is Mark Brunel. So you, you add up all of that time that's happened after Mark Brunel, man, that's a long time to go uh, without a franchise guy. And I mean, we can speak for it in terms of our journalism career. Ever since we've been doing this, the Jacksonville Jaguars have not had a 
a serviceable quarterback or what you would call a franchise quarterback, which and that dates back to what? When we drafted Blaine Gabbert that we were podcasting. So, I mean, we endured him. We endured uh, the Chad Henney days. We endured the, the Blake Bortles days, of course, with the Chad's Den podcast. And, uh, you know, now we finally have the opportunity to get somebody that can turn this thing around and a guy that has been deemed, as you said, like the next John Elway, Andrew Luck, uh, Peyton Manning type of prospect, man. So, uh, you know, like you said, it's, it's up to now we're just p- playing the waiting game, basically, uh, to see if he declares and what have you. But, I mean, most people tend to think he will declare, despite how some people have been throwing it out there about the media market and this, that, and the other, which we'll talk on later. Uh, but, I mean, it just sounds like if you listen to his interviews and what have you, as of late, it does sound like he's he does has his mind made up. And, uh, you know, it's just a matter of just getting through the college football playoffs and perhaps the championship. Right. Yeah. It's and honestly, Jay, it's still kind of I'm still processing it here, even just a couple of days later, because, you know, Trevor Lawrence has been the talk of the NFL since his freshman year, you know, and he's, you know, of course, winning championships and then admittedly had a little bit of a down year last season, but has played very well. Uh, for the most part here this year, um, you know, I know Clemson has come under really the college football uh, in, in general has just kind of been all over the place this season. Uh, however, you, you know, you, you just kind of look, you just look at the tape, you know, and the guy looks like he has it as far as all the intangibles on and off the field. And the fact that Jacksonville, you just rolled off, uh, you know, you just mentioned a list of names there, Jay, of all the guys we've been through, you know, th- since since the Mark Brunel days. And we didn't even mention, you know, the Byron Leftwiches, the the David Garrards, who was relatively serviceable for a solid amount of time, but then uh, on to Blaine Gabbard and, and and where we are now. And you know, it, it, even though I don't want to say this, maybe Trevor Lawrence ends up being one of those busts that people think is a can't can't miss prospect. But you know what? At least we get a shot and an opportunity, and it's an opportunity that Jacksonville hasn't had in a very very long time to say, hey. We have the quarterback, the one that you're going to want to build around for the next 10 to 15 years. At least they're going to have an opportunity. And then you go from there. And then, of course, it has the huge ramifications of who's going to come in and take this job, pair themselves with Trevor Lawrence, as well as an offense and a defense that has young stars on both sides of the football. And we mentioned this last week, Jay, this with with the right moves, this could be a turnaround very similar from 2016 going into 2017. I just see it. And as long as we bring in the right people, then I think it's definitely doable in a short amount of time. Yeah, man. And at the same time, Trevor Lawrence, if he is who we believe he is, and he's, you know, he, we, he is who the pundits believe he is. At the same time, the, the luxury in having such a elite prospect fall to you is that it also alleviates the the basically the pressure off a of shotgun to make the perfect hire now look it can't be a dud hire either it's some guys that he definitely needs to stray away from but at the same time it doesn't have to be a perfect hire because we've seen it in the past these elite quarterbacks do uh i guess you could say they kind of mitigate situations and they can kind of hide your other flaws where you have them and what have you uh, you might not have the best head coach you might not have the best gm uh sometimes a franchise quarterback can get you through that. And I kind of made an example of this, actually, uh, to Vito Stellino online, uh, where I made the comparison of Bill Polian and how he inherited or he got or drafted 
Peyton Manning and wasn't all that great of a GM when you look at it. Yeah, he had guys like Marvin Harrison um, and it was some few other guys that he had, Bob Sanders, so on and so forth, Freeney, uh, Mathis, you name it. But for the most part, like you look at his draft classes, they weren't all that impressive. And that was Peyton Manning's team. And Peyton Manning was the one that basically uh, you know, got that team to where they wanted to be and got them, you know, the championship that they did get. So that's just kind of an example of, you know, what kind of a elite prospect Lawrence could be if he does fulfill or uh, if he is what we believe he can be. Um, again, though, you know, I would prefer us to get one of the three guys who, in my opinion, are on that elite tier in terms of the GM, uh, Borngonzi, Dodds, or Hordits. Uh, but at the same time, uh, you know, if shotgun avoids basically getting a dud, uh, it still can maybe work out as well. So it'll be an interesting situation. Uh, still hoping for shotgun to make the best hires possible despite that. Uh, but I guess time will tell, man. I'm, I'm very excited to see how January goes for the Jacksonville Jaguars. So basically, I mean, what you're kind of alluding to, Jay, of course, when you mentioned Bill Polian, because that is like the prime example, basically, is if, if Trevor Lawrence is the guy that we think that he is, this franchise-altering quarterback, then he makes players better around him. And not to say that Reggie Wayne and Marvin Harrison wouldn't have been good elsewhere, but of course, you know, having Peyton Manning as their quarterback certainly helped their career. I think one example you can kind of look at, and not to say that he's not not been, you know, productive or as, or, you know, is, is not a good receiver, but I think one thing you can look at is kind of Andrew Luck and T.Y. Hilton, right? T.Y. Hilton looked like this superstar wide receiver. Uh, however, since Andrew Luck was, you know, out injured and then now out of the league altogether, you definitely haven't seen that same explosiveness out of him. I, I feel like that's kind of a good comparison. Yeah, yeah. You you know, you, you're grasping the concept basically of like some along the lines of what you said with Andrew Luck and T.Y. Hilton. Yeah, he's just going to elevate. And I'm talking about Trevor Lawrence here. He's going to elevate uh, those around him again. Um, of course, you, you want to get. A, a coach and I mean, or should I say a, not just a coach, but an offensive coordinator who's good with young people and a great teacher that would definitely help. Uh, but yeah, man, again, if Lawrence is who we believe he is and, you know, he's got a coordinator uh, that's going to work with him extensively, uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars should be all right in terms of offense. And, you know, he should be able to elevate their play offensively. And as you know, as me and you have said, like he's not coming to a situation where the cupboard is bare, man, in terms of offense, at least. There's James Bro James Robinson, LaVisca Chenault, DJ Chark. Maybe you can hold on to Keelan Cole. And, uh, you know, the, the offensive line has Brandon Linder. The guard play hasn't been terrible, which is something me and you talked about. Or I think you talked on uh, you talked about it on the Bears Essentials podcast. And shout outs to them, by the way. Uh, that was a great episode. But. The guard play hasn't been terrible. You know, you got Andrew Norwell around for a couple more years, whatever the case may be. Uh, you know, again, you might need a left tackle or, or something like that or, you, you know, a little few upgrades on the offensive line. But uh, Trevor Lawrence has the chance to come here and, and really thrive in his first year and uh, put together a season kind of along the lines of what we were seeing with Joe Burrow before his unfortunate injury. Yeah, like you said, Jay, I, you know, I'm just excited about getting the opportunity to – to have this, you know, uh, a once in a lifetime prospect be here in Jacksonville. And uh, uh, what who, some people that aren't too thrilled about it are some of these national media guys, uh, specifically a couple that came out over the weekend, Jeremy Schapp, who I believe hosts uh, Outside the Lines, I think on ESPN. I haven't watched that show 
in, in quite some time. And then also Chris Mortensen, uh, who was saying, you know, take away the pick, something along those lines over on Twitter. Uh, Jeremy Schapp, as I've said many times before, fairly recently too, we shouldn't reward the worst team in the NFL with the top pick in the draft. Jacksonville doesn't deserve Trevor Lawrence. The Jags deserve relegation. NFL should change the way draft order is decided now. So, uh, you know, what do you think about some of this stuff coming out? We'll get to Ryan Clark here in just a moment because I thought he just had some outlandish claims. Uh, but what do you think? You know, Chris Mortensen, of course, very, very respected. We know that our guy Daniel Jeremiah has a huge affinity for Chris Mortensen, and, and rightfully so. Chris Mortensen has, has uh, gritted his teeth in this game. We have a lot of respect for him. However, just, you know, stuff like this really kind of plays into the thought that the national media doesn't really like Jacksonville as a city because, one, they don't want to visit here, and, two, you know, it's not the most lavish place in, in, in the as far as the NFL cities go. So what did you think about some of these national media guys coming for Jacksonville and, and not seemingly being as loud when the Jets were about to have the number one overall pick? Yeah, well, with Mortensen, like his his answer or his reply to the situation was so brief. Like you said, it was just simply take the pick. So, like, a part of me wonder is like, was he playing about that or what? Whatever the case may be, it was really not all that deep of a tweet. You know what I'm saying? And that's not to say that Jaguars fans shouldn't have been all over him either. Uh, but I just, you know, I didn't know what to make of it because it was so brief and. He's not a guy that, like, to my recollection, that's, like, super really out there on Twitter like that. So I, I didn't know how to take that. But uh, the Jeremy Schapp thing, look, man, the NFL made it this way. And with the NFL making it this way and not like the uh, the NBA where there's a lottery and so on and so forth, this is just how it's going to be uh, until the NFL makes that change. You know, you're going to have people uh, cheering for their team to uh, lose games and so on and so forth because I mean at the end of the day you get rewarded for it by the NFL draft standards so um, it, it's just I mean it's odd to see the Jacksonville Jaguars getting all of this attention because they weren't getting it before now and I don't know if it's because you know these guys that work for the big media companies your ESPNs of the world uh, want Trevor Lawrence in their markets because look we all know ESPN if I can recollect, they have a uh, New York uh, department. They have a, a, a ESPN Los Angeles. I think it's an ESPN Chicago. You know, they probably wanted this guy in one of their main markets. Obviously, New York was going to be the one, if any. And uh, it didn't happen. And it looks like to me, I mean, it just feels like you see you got guys lashing out because prior to us getting the first overall pick, you really heard no complaints about people getting the first overall pick. Uh, there wasn't no issues when the Cincinnati Bengals acquired it last year and whoever acquired it before them and so on and so forth. And it's funny when the Jacksonville Jaguars get it and get a guy that can save their franchise and get the franchise going in the right direction and, and just get them uh, out of the dumps. It's funny how everybody has a problem with it, or or should I say not everybody, but a lot of national guys want to speak up and have a problem with it. Uh, because, you know, prior to the Jacksonville Jaguars getting this pick, there were no issues. Exactly. And you know what this makes this reminds me of is when Stephen A. Smith would open would be very open about it, how he did not want, you know, he wanted uh, he, he liked it a lot better when LeBron was with the Miami Heat as a, and going to NBA finals as opposed to um, the Cleveland Cavaliers, because it's a much more attractive destination to go visit in uh, when is the NBA finals like uh, May, April, May, usually every single year or over the summer or something along those lines. And it's a lot more fun to go visit Miami than it is Cleveland, Ohio, which 
I totally get. But that's not part of your job. You go where the team, where the game is being played. So that always irritated me specifically about Stephen A. Smith. Now, again, I respect Stephen A. Smith for his work, but that just all has always really rubbed me the wrong way. And uh, just this just doesn't make any sense. Could Trevor Lawrence have possibly gotten a little bit more shine in a market like a New York City or an L.A.? Sure. But you know what? That hasn't stopped guys like Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay or even going back to Peyton Manning and Andrew Luck in Indianapolis. We're not talking about huge markets here. Only so many players can play in L.A. and New York City. Like, give me a break. Absolutely. You're right. I mean, that's the perfect comparison. The many, many times I've heard Stephen A. Smith mention that he preferred or he liked it better when LeBron was in Miami and so on and so forth. And look, man, at the end of the day, I believe what this boils down to is, you know, the the high the higher ups in the, the media realm, they want these guys in the higher up markets, the bigger markets, because, I mean, ultimately, that's what makes them a lot of money. When you turn on ESPN, you turn on First Take, you, t- you turn on Sports Center, Around the Horn, whatever you watch on ESPN or FS1 or, or whatever the case may be, a lot of times what you're seeing is these guys and I don't know if people notice this, but they're taking they're talking about the same three or four teams, especially in the NFL, the Cowboys. Uh, you know, they'll talk about the New York Giants, despite the New York Giants not being all that great. I mean, yeah, I know they were in the running for a playoff game and I probably should take that back. I mean, they, they've been playing some decent football, uh, but even when they weren't playing all that great, you always see the Giants on ESPN and them being the topic at hand. Uh, with Daniel Jones going out there looking just terrible or whatever the case may be. And again, like I said, the Cowboys, uh, you know, your L.A. markets, the Lakers, so on and so forth. And, you know, it's like that for a reason. That's what makes them money. They're always talking about those teams because that is what makes them money. And Trevor Lawrence going to the New York market would have made them a lot of money. And they feel like it would have made them more money than it would for him to go to Jacksonville. And it's crazy to say, but, you know, that's how the media realm works, in my opinion. Uh, but again, that being said, man, Trevor Lawrence is heading to Jacksonville. Uh, if he declares, there's nothing anybody can do about it. And look, he's going to make a lot of money in the small market of Jacksonville if he declares and if they draft him. He's going to make a lot of money regardless if he does the things that he's capable of doing in terms of being a great football player. Uh, I mean, you look at the small markets that never stopped Aaron Rodgers from making a lot of money and and being a star that never stopped. uh, And and again, I'm talking about small market people or smaller market people here that never stopped Patrick Mahomes from going up there and being the star that he is. I mean, the guy's on the cover of Madden for crying out loud. So I don't think it'll be an issue for uh, Trevor Lawrence. I mean, Peyton Manning's another example. Indianapolis isn't all that big of a market in terms of, you know, comparison to New York and these other places, he did just fine. The man went to a Super Bowl, was a multiple-time MVP, made himself a lot of money, made himself a lot of endorsement deals. I don't think it would be no different with Trevor Lawrence. And we've actually seen it. You know, Jalen Ramsey has come here and made a a very marketable, uh, you know, he was a very marketable person here. Calais Campbell, so on and so forth. So, you know, when when people talk about this, I just kind of find it funny, but Look, that that seems to be what we're going to be fighting and laughing at and seeing on Twitter for the next, what, three or four months or so until uh, the call is actually made and and Roger Goodell takes the stage and say that Trevor Lawrence is going to be a Jaguar. 
And that's a good segue. I'm glad you brought up Jalen Ramsey because that's a good segue into Ryan Clark's comments. Who uh, they were asking, you know, who are the who were kind of like the biggest losers over the weekend? And he stated that Trevor Lawrence uh, was because he is no longer going to New York. He is going to be coming to Jacksonville. Stated that he's still going to be a star here in Jacksonville, but could be an even bigger star elsewhere. And again, just like you mentioned, Jalen Ramsey while he was here was very very marketable. Still is, of course. Now he's in a much bigger market. But Maurice Jones Drew, you know, during his uh, during his prime, of course, was a big name. I mean, you saw him on commercials all over the place and look at him now. You know, he's still a national pundit and everyone knows who he is. People are not associating Maurice Jones Drew with his Oakland Raiders days. Right. They're associating him with the Jacksonville Jaguars. When people see Fred Taylor, they're not thinking about him with a new New England Patriots jersey. They think about him as a Jacksonville Jaguar. So I, I just don't get. Again, can it, I Jay? If if we were covering, uh, you know, with the Dallas Cowboys or the New York Giants or the or the Miami Dolphins, would we have more listeners? Maybe, but you know, and, and probably, but you know what? You you cover the team that you're you know that you're passionate about, which is what we do. And smaller market teams are going to be are, are going to have a smaller fan base. I don't know. It's it's just simple math. I don't get where where these guys are coming from. Trevor Lawrence is going to be just fine. So I'm not sure what what the point Ryan Clark was trying to make. Yeah, man. And on top of that, man, like Trevor Lawrence is going to propel or, or we believe he will or we think he will. He'll propel the Jacksonville Jaguars fan base and add numbers to it. I mean, let's be honest about it. Clemson is not that far away from Jacksonville. His hometown, Trevor Lawrence's hometown of Cartersville, Georgia, which is north of Atlanta, if I can recall correctly, is not that far away from uh you know jacksonville and then you got people you know you got these teams like the orlando market right uh that you can snag people from uh, when you get a star of this caliber because you know orlando we all know orlando is a big melting pot of people uh that might not necessarily be from florida uh but it's it's just a wide uh, array of people that live there you could you could get that market more in tune with jacksonville when you get a guy like that so, I mean, like, he's going to elevate the Jacksonville Jaguars fan base as well. And, look, man, he, if he is drafted by the Jags, he's going to do just fine in terms of marketing. Um, like you said, you made some great examples. Maurice Jones-Drew, who, you know, he you would see him on local commercials as well, like the Winn-Dixie one, remember? And then you would see him on ESPN commercials, uh, speaking of ESPN, for fantasy football. I can remember, like, his first or second year, the guys in the ESPN fantasy football commercial. And, you know, like we said, with Jalen Ramsey and Calais Campbell. I mean, Calais Campbell. Calais uh, Campbell was also in another small market before he came here in Arizona. And it, we, it, we didn't we knew who he was when we signed him. It didn't it didn't affect him at all. Exactly. Exactly. So, you know, of course, again, like. Because I think it's such a touchy subject for the national guys because it kind of it, it fondles with their pocket. It, it kind of deals with their money, if you will. Um, it, it boils down to this, in my opinion. Had Trevor Lawrence went to the New York market, that would have been better for their part, their pockets. That would have been better for the ESPN network, so on and so forth. Uh, but it didn't happen. And now we're seeing people lash out. Uh, but that doesn't change the fact that the young man, if he is the great football player, they would we believe he will be. That doesn't change the fact that if he plays football well and does his job well and becomes, you know, this Peyton Manning caliber player or Andrew Luck caliber player, that does not change the fact 
that he's going to be very marketable. He's going to be on commercials left and right. And the fact that he goes to Jacksonville, in my opinion, is really not going to affect that all that much. All I'm saying is the same guys that don't want Trevor Lawrence to come to Jacksonville are the same guys that are applauding Giannis Antetokounmpo for signing the five-year Supermax and getting, what, 200 to $300 million to stay Thanks. in Milwaukee. So you, you can't have it both ways. You know what I mean? So it, it's just very, very frustrating. All that matters to us, though, Jay, is that Trevor Lawrence is looking like he is going to be a Jacksonville Jaguar. Now we're just going to have to wait and see. Of course, we're going to wait for him to declare. And again, just everybody pray that he gets through this playoff healthy and safe. Yeah, Phil. And you know what? A lot of it is a lot of people don't understand Jacksonville. Not only do they not watch the team enough to see that there's these stars like DJ Chark and LaVisca Chanel or these ascended stars or or James Robinson. I mean, look, for crying out loud, man, uh, James Robinson is putting together one of the most historic seasons we've seen. But everybody's too caught up in, in the Dallas Cowboys for some reason who uh, they, I mean, I guess they got a chance to make the playoffs this week, but they, they really haven't looked all that great. Everybody's caught up in the Giants and watching Daniel Jones, who's missed a lot of games and, and so on and so forth. But, yeah, a lot of people misunderstand the Jacksonville Jaguars team, which uh, admittedly has not been good. We, we talk about that often. And also a lot of people don't understand Jacksonville, the city. You know, they don't give Jacksonville, the city, a chance. Uh, I mean, a lot of people – look at it as a place you go to fail or whatever the case may be. And we know that not to be the case. I mean, my journalism career wouldn't be where it would be if it wasn't for the Jacksonville market. And I'm, I'm appreciative of that. Uh, but other people don't see it that way. You know, they, they just see it as this smaller market that doesn't compare to the New York markets of the world and the Los Angeles markets of the world, or whatever the case may be, not even the Green Bay markets of the world. And, uh, you know, a guy like Trevor Lawrence, this is the point. The, a guy like Trevor Lawrence can change all of that and make this market uh, one of the more booming markets. And I mean, look, he could be a, a ambassador for the city and so on and so forth. The guy helps not just the team of, of uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars, but I think he also helps the city because he can be this like LeBron like ambassador. Um, albeit LeBron was he was from uh, Akron, which is not too far from Cleveland. But I think Trevor Lawrence can be that kind of a figure for the city of Jacksonville and put him on the map as well. Yeah, and the last thing I'll mention here, Jay, and we'll pretty much wrap up this episode, is I can t- you, you already alluded to it when you were talking about the Orlando market. And Jacksonville is a melting pot as well. You know, you have a lot of people that come here to retire or to get away from, uh, you know, snowbirds is pretty much what they're called. They get away from the cold weather to come down here. And I can tell you firsthand, we know someone personally and Eric who is my co-host of course over on the wait for a podcast who has joined us here on on an episode before Eric when we first met him when I first met him was a hardcore New York Giants fan and he's still he's still a fan of that team however over the years in bringing him to games and living here in the city he is now as passionate about this team as he is about the Giants and I can tell you that firsthand I can tell you another friend of mine who was a very big Steelers fan, still likes the Steelers, but now also roots for the Jaguars because not only his wife is a Jaguar fan, but he's been going to games for years. So you don't think that a guy like Trevor Lawrence coming in is going to bring in some people that either A, have rooted for another team, but now live far away from that team, or B, don't really care about football. You don't think a guy like Trevor Lawrence, who has the opportunity to be this, like I said, you know, this um, uh, uh, once in a lifetime type of player. You don't think that's going to bring in those people and make a, bit, a big difference here in Jacksonville? Like, come on. 
Yeah, man. And look, now that I think about it, and you you kind of made me reflect on this. I forgot about this. I don't know if people can recall this, but me and you were around for this. Eric, we were around for this. When the Jacksonville Jaguars got Blake freaking Bortles, who went to UCF, people went nuts. People were flocking to training camp. Remember, there was a line. They got a picture on Twitter yep. of how long the line was at training camp because we got a kid from UCF. A kid that was a local guy, pretty much, I guess you could say. he's Well, he's from Oviedo. Uh, but, you know, that's close enough. Uh, man, that is very close to Orlando. But, you know, it was people lined up, you know, like several lines for training camp. Uh, we had people lined up on the fence trying to look actually under the tarpon on the fence to watch training camp and see what Blake Bortles was doing. So if they felt that kind of a way about Blake Bortles, just imagine how crazy things are going to get when Trevor Lawrence gets here. And, you know, you're going to get the Jaguars are going to get more media coverage. They're going to get more primetime games out of this. For crying out loud, they might get a Monday night football game, which we, we haven't seen in uh, so long. I can't even remember when the last time a, a Monday night football game came here. But that being said, I mean, the media room is going to increase, uh, which, you know, the Jaguars were kind of, you know, adding new people here and there, even throughout their struggles. Me and you are kind of. Uh, guys that have really got into the credential side of the Jacksonville Jaguars. But imagine landing Trevor Lawrence and all of the media inquiries they're going to get and so on and so forth. It's going to be a great thing for the city of Jacksonville if he declares and they draft him. And nobody can take that away from Jacksonville. I mean, the national guys can complain all they want about it. Uh, but at the end of the day, uh, if he, again, if he, he turns out to be the star that we believe he'll be, he'll be just fine. Well, you know what, Jaguar fans, you can rest easy knowing that nobody, not Ryan Clark, not Chris Mortensen, not Jeremy Schapp, not Stephen A. Smith, not anybody can take away that number one overall pick. They are locked in, and hopefully it comes paired with Trevor Lawrence, and you guys just rest in that. I know the Jaguar Twitter Warriors are going to keep going to battle for this team. We appreciate you. We see you. Jay and I try to stay out of it because we <laughs> we get a little passionate about our team and we have, you know, an image to uphold. But <laughs> but we uh, we see you guys and that's all there is to it. The Jaguars are going to select number one and hopefully usher in a brand new era of Jaguar football. But that being said, Jay, you know, I, I think this was a really, really great episode. We got one more game left, of course, as we mentioned, week 17 Jaguars, Colts. And then we and then the real season begins, which is off season. Jacksonville Jaguars offseason champs. So, Jay, what do they have to look forward to in terms of the podcast, but also, of course, over on the Jaguars wire? Yeah, we're going to be uh, looking at the Colts for this divisional game, which, I mean, it don't really, I guess it don't matter in terms of our postseason aspirations or it doesn't matter in terms of ruining our draft positioning. Um, I, I think it, I find it kind of funny that, you know, even though we don't have the talent, in theory, we can ruin the Colts playoff dreams. Um, and, and kind of, you know, make their season somber like ours. But that being said, on the Jaguars, where I'll continue to look at the Colts as we always do with our opponents. Um, I was going to join my man, Jake Arthur, who is with the Believe in Colts podcast. Uh, me and him go way back, actually, before the Believe days. I actually worked under Jake with Pro Football Spot. But he had some things come up. Um, but that being said, though, we will still... Uh, cover the Colts as best as we can these next few days. And uh, like you said, man, I enjoyed this episode. I think this is one of the better episodes we had. And uh, yeah, man, can't wait to uh, basically uh, get to work on the offseason after uh, the Colts game is all over with.
Yeah, of course, the news we expect to come in pretty fast. Of course, um, Black Monday, you know, the Monday right after the final games of the season is usually paired with coach firings. And we fully expect the announcement of Doug Marone uh, to be let go from his coaching duties here in Jacksonville. The last thing I do want to discuss here, Jay, is, uh, you know, of course, you and I being huge fans of AEW is the passing of John Huber, of course, also known as Brody Lee in AEW and Luke Harper in WWE. Jay, I know you and I have both followed his career pretty closely. And, you know, there's just been a huge outpouring of support for him as well as his family. So wanted to take a moment to send out our best to his wife and children. And, you know, you and I, I know, I don't know if we talked about it, Jay, but, you know, we've been kind of wondering where he'd been. He had been off TV for a while. Of course, he had a short run as TNT champion and a guy who really was just about to hit his stride here. And of course, with me being in Jacksonville, getting to attend a lot of AEW events has been one of the true, one of the only, you know, positives of this pandemic is being able to attend AEW. And it's been, been a blast. And even though we criticize Tony Khan for a lot and rightfully so, it has been nice to have professional wrestling here in town. So Jay also wanted to give you an opportunity to talk about him and send out any condolences to him and his family, both his his personal family and his wrestling family, because I know they're hurting real bad right now. Absolutely. Yeah, Jay's wire and um believe in the Jay's definitely want to send our condolences to him. And the interesting thing about Brody is like he was actually becoming one of my favorite wrestlers in AEW, man. His his gimmick, his character of being the boss that just I mean, just kind of was uh, a hole to say the least uh, to everybody. And then, like, come to find out, you know, you look at all of the uh, being the elite and all of the YouTube stuff. You know, he he go on the side after he would be in character, go on the side and start chuckling at basically whatever he just acted out. Why the the rest of the uh, dark order would would continue to seem man, and like he really loved this job. You could really tell that. Uh, but yeah, man, like it, I, I was heartbroken by that news, man. And I couldn't believe it. I actually texted you. I was like, is this like real? Like what was going on? I mean, 2020 has already been rough, but uh, definitely, man, that, that's a guy that I'm going to miss in the wrestling community. I really, really paid a lot of attention to his career since he joined AEW, uh, loved his run as the TNT champion, uh, so on and so forth. And again, like the being the elite episodes and everything he did on YouTube, man. Uh, he's going to be well missing. You could definitely understand why the wrestling community is hurting after his loss or his passing, uh, because he does seem like a guy that, you know, when the lights and the cameras uh, went off, he does seem like a guy that was a family guy and uh, definitely uh, uh, one of those mentor type of guys as well uh, for the people backstage, man. So uh, rest in peace to my man Brody Lee. And yeah, like I said, man, uh, I'll be definitely tuning in to uh, the next episode of AEW, which is on Wednesday, as they'll be paying tributes to him as well with a, um, you know, a Dark Order theme uh, episode of Dynamite. And for those of you that are fans of AEW, Pro Wrestling Tees has announced that any proceeds from uh, purchases from Brody Lee t-shirts are all going to his family, which is great. Uh, any purchases from CM Punk t-shirts also for the next month. Uh, CM Punk has also stated that he is going to donate all of those funds to uh, John Huber and his family, which again, just like you said, Jay, just goes to show what kind of an amazing person he was. But, you know, us being wrestling fans, we wanted to point that out. And uh, again, just like you, Jay, I will, will certainly be tuning in 
to AEW for that very, very special episode. But again, guys, this has been Believe in the Jaguars here on the Believe Podcast Network. Again, if you enjoy the show, please head over to Apple Podcasts. Leave us a five-star review as well as subscribing. You can also listen to us on Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. You can find us at Believe.com and at Believe Podcast. You can tweet the show at Believe in Jags Pod. You can find me at Phil the Filipino, F-I-L-I-P-I-N-O. And Jay is over at Sports Grind underscore Don. Thank you guys so much for listening. We have the number one overall pick. Trevor Lawrence is going to be a Jacksonville Jaguar. Don't ever forget it. We believe. Do you? We'll see you next time, guys. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.